Welcome to the official tennis.com podcast featuring professional coach and community leader, Kamal Murray. Welcome to the tennis.com podcast. I'm your host, Kamal Murray. And since Serena's uh, tiptoeing in and out of the game over the past years, not playing a full schedule, we've gotten away from being able to use the word consistency as we think about the women's tour. We've more resigned ourselves to using the word hot, right? Different players have gotten hot over the past couple of years. Paula Badosa, Layla Fernandez, uh, Sonia Cannon, and Iga Sviantek flat out caught fire, winning almost 30 matches in a row, right? But besides Iga, probably the hottest player on tour is Anj Jabour of the past 12 months. You look at the final in Chicago, final in Charleston, final in Rome, final in Wimbledon, final of the US Open, champion in Berlin, champion in Madrid. She has ushered in a new wave of these young champions that are friendly foes, genuinely happy for one another, friendly with each other in the locker room, very different than the champions we've seen in the past. In the past, we saw Serena, Sharapova, Vika, Wozniacki, Venus be a little more guarded, trying to maintain as big of a mental edge over their close opponents as they could. This new breed is friendly, text, shout out on Instagram. Uh, and like I said, generally happy to see the other players' success. It's refreshing to see. Anz is not only the first Tunisian woman to be top 10 in the world, but currently ranked number two in the world with no points to defend because she didn't play Australian Open last year. She could be number one in the world at the end of January. And she would be the first Tunisian woman not to only be top 10, but to be number one in the world. We've had a chance to stand on twice in the past year. Once before the final in Chicago when she lost to Muguruza, and once before the final like against Belinda Benchik this year in Charleston. Take a second to get to know not only a trailblazer, but a friend to many, a great champion, a great sportsman, and my five-year-old son's favorite tennis player. Take a listen on Jabor. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. We have the Tunisian legend, Anz Jabour, here with us today. Anz, welcome to the show. Thank you. I feel like I earned the legend. Oh, you <laughs> Coming from you, it's unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm very happy today to be uh, here in, uh, in Chicago, you know? Ah, so you know, you brought Chicago up. So when we come to America, you got you know what LA looks like. You know you know what to expect from New York. You see it on TV all the time. Lots of cabs and like traffic. Uh, you kind of know the good and the bad about Chicago. Um, but tell us what what's Tunisia like? I've never been in Tunisia, and I can't even I don't have a mental picture of what it's like. So tell us about Tunisia. Well, Tunisia is a very beautiful country that you should come. And I invited you so many times. If you remember, uh, well, see, <laughs> if you I don't, if you don't, then please come to Tunisia. Uh, we have uh, the perfect weather. Everything is great there. So uh, I grew up playing uh, a lot of tennis uh, outdoors. Uh, we don't have indoors, so uh, it's uh, it's a really good thing to to play tennis. And uh, yeah, it's a very nice country. We have a, a great food, so uh, you're very welcome to come. Do you cook? Um, 
Tunisia has good food. Oh, <laughs> I gotta talk to Kareem about that now. Yes. <laughs> he's the chef in the family. Oh, he does. He's the massage guy. He carries the balls. He yes. carries the bag, and he has to cook. Yes. Woo-wee. He got to put his pants on. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so, what about tennis in Tunisia? Because there's not a lot of Tunisian tennis players, and no. you are certainly the most successful and the first of to do everything in this sport from there. So. What's the game style like? When I look at your game, I'm like, somebody definitely taught her how to craft the ball, junk you, roll you, chip you, drop you, lob you, and do it all over again. Is that like a Tunisian thing, or is that like an ons? I just was made it up on my own thing. It's a mix of things, you know. I uh, I grew up having a very like a good coach uh, uh, gave me the freedom on the court to do whatever I like. So. Whatever I want to do, a drop shot or, or lob or just uh, play like a different shot, he just let me be myself on the court and, and just correct me and, and show me a few things, you know. So uh, I was kind of free on the court doing whatever I want. Um, and Tunisia is a very small country. Uh, we grew up playing tennis uh, at, at club, but also at uh, hotels, you know, because they were like uh, the club med, a lot of uh, tennis courts there. So uh, it wasn't really a facility to play like tennis professionally. Mm. And uh, now I feel like um, we had like uh, Selim Asfar, Melik Jaziri, and, and me now, we're bringing this mentality of, uh, yeah, you're from Tunisia in North Africa, you can, you can make it one day. Uh, it, it was di- difficult at the beginning not finding, you know, a tennis player from, from my country, but, you know, I think uh, given the example right now, uh, I feel and I hope I motivate a lot of new generation uh, to come up here and, and, and play and be top 20, be top uh, 10, and why not one in the world and win a lot of Grand Slams. So tell us about being a female doing it from Tunisia. Because we know, you know, sometimes culturally there could be a challenge there, you know, letting you be free and sort of spread your wings and travel the world to, to maximize. Tell, tell us about being a female to do all this. You know, uh, Tunisia is one of the uh, like more open countries than, than others. And uh, I feel like I didn't have that itch- issue before or even now I uh, come very, uh, my parents are very open and uh, I, they wanted me to play tennis um, and it, it was easy enough for me to, to start and pick up a racket. Um, I've been judged before by, by, by other like people, but it's, it's their opinion and I feel you, as a tennis player, as an athlete, you, you get judged all the time, uh, like inside or outside Tunisia. So um, for me, it wasn't a difficult thing. Uh, they, they welcomed it and I, I feel now I inspire more and more females to, to be on tour, to, to play tennis. And uh, it's a great thing, you know. Um, I hope I can see more and more uh, players playing here and uh, hopefully being with me on the tour. So you, you, you keep talking about the next generation, and that's like so. That's exactly how I would describe you. Is you, mm. you seem number one a free spirit, number two always thinking about others. You know, when whenever you see people, you like greet them so warmly, uh, crazy jokes. And do you aspire to create an academy? Yes. In Tunisia. Yes, yes. One of. Uh, one of my goals, because uh, I, I've been through a lot and I've been through like, uh, I made mis- a lot of mistakes in my career and I feel like um, maybe the, they could like, uh, I'm not saying take a shortcut because there is no shortcut in this, but at least I can share my experience. I, I, I feel I can share like small tips with them to make them uh, be great athletes and why not open an academy and have the, the greatest facility that they could, 
uh, train there and uh, be able to be professional tennis players. I believe that uh, the facilities are not just, uh, it, it must be there. I mean, I grew up without like uh, the greatest gym or the, the greatest technology ever, but you know, I've made it here. But I feel like if I had that, maybe I, I could have been uh, an even better player now or uh, improving faster, let's say. Uh, for me, yeah, that's a very important thing and uh, I want to show them the great mentality of being a professional athlete, uh, change little, little thing that they were thinking about before. Uh, it's kind of, you know, difficult not to have a, also a role model, you know, to, to like show, you know, I, I just did it, I, I'm from the same country and, you know, you, you can do it one day, you know, why not? It's not the same as seeing Americans, French, uh, Australians, uh, that's a diff different mentality for us and coming from my country I feel that's a very different thing so uh, I feel like if we have the same uh, nationality it could be very different for uh, for the young generation well let me tell you it's hard work you know, cause <laughs> know. let me ask you this so you say your parents wanted you to play tennis yes um, and that's you know obviously was a driving force would you be wanting would you want to deal with a bunch of other tennis parents were your tennis parents kind of the crazy tennis parents so it was like oh go have fun see if you can make some of yourself or were they like on a mission because you know coming from tunisia you don't just stumble upon the sport and happen to get good right because there's not like a lot of lineage like in america there's a bunch of good academies right you can go down to florida california whatever um but you got to be intentional in tunisia to make a pro yeah so were your parents crazy tennis parents and would you want to have an academy full of those I feel like uh, in U.S. there's a different, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, issue. You know, you have so many places to go and you don't know where to go. In Tunisia, it's it's not the same at all. But uh, I gotta say, my parents were not that crazy. Uh, I was like fighting on like on the court in my mind, just like you deal with it, you know. And that's how I had this personality of dealing with issues alone. And uh, I know what parents are like. I know because I feel like to create a champion, you should also uh, speak to the parents, speak to the athlete, and it's. Uh, I think it's a part of, a, of my job if one day I open a, an academy. It's very important to, to make the parents know that it's not an easy job and, uh, and uh, you know, it's a work of 24-7 and also make sure that the, the players know the sacrifices that parents are doing right now. So it's, it's, it's both, you know, you got to find the right balance and, uh, and deal with parents and, and players. So let me tell you, as a coach, uh -huh. <laughs> when the draw comes out, you are one of the players, uh -huh. no matter what your ranking is at the uh -huh. time, that would be like, please don't let us play aunts, <laughs> right? Really? Because of your style <laughs> and, you know, you show up and you just can craft and you can, you know, like sort of drive someone crazy. Who's the person for you that when the draw comes out, you're like, please don't let me play her? Uh, there is different... Uh D different players. Uh, I don't have names right now, but uh, you know, um, I'm a player that likes to have the the time to play and everything. So uh, you know, players who play boom, boom, boom. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Maybe second, third round, so I get used to you know enjoying myself on the court. But uh, yeah, there is few few different. I uh, always love to to play like uh, when I was like outside 100 or 200. Uh, play top 10 players, you know, play someone uh, famous is like to, to be on the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you talk about you like to play the big player because, you know, they get put on the big court. Yes. Right, they get the prime time. So let me ask you a couple questions then. So would you like court three or court 18 at Wimbledon? I remember which court three. I never played on court 18 really? or three, I think. I'm Only not sure. Court 18, I'm sure. But uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. 
maybe 18, because it reminds me of the match of uh, Mahu and Isner. Yeah, ah, we played there, that's, right? That's yeah, the that's famous a good court. Good court. <laughs> that's good court. Now, you got to have some, some good memories about Wimbledon, because that's where you won a junior title. Yes. Right? So you, you got to have, like, you know those grounds, like the back of your hand. I had to pick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm playing a final at the SOP, it's like, nah, nah, I just wait for Wimbledon. No. <laughs> so then, let me ask you this then. Um, roof open or closed? Open. Definitely mm -hmm. open. You know, it's funny because it would have changed. Um, uh, I played the Sabalenka uh, quarterfinals in, in Wimbledon and uh, it was raining that day. So they had the roof closed and uh, I think it would have been a little bit of a different match if the, the roof was open. Better for me, uh, maybe harder for her if it was windy a little bit because she was serving really good mm -hmm. uh, that day. Uh, so I think a little bit of wind would have helped me. Ah, see that court was moving quick when that roof closed. Yeah, the, and the she loved it. Boom, quick. boom. <laughs> and you said you need time, so that, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. All right, so now you, you obviously travel with a team, and you all are known for having a good time. Yeah. Uh, we've gone out to dinner a bunch of times together. So now, team dinner mm -hmm. or eat solo? Um, you know, we do, we do solo a lot of time because, uh, you know, we, it's good to find the balance. Uh, between like because we're we're together all the time you know we go out and have dinners and but we are on court all the time so it's nice to have that that moment uh, kind of alone uh, having a dinner but if of course we have a lot of uh, dinners together and 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 chats which is very very important but I am not really for dinner every day together <laughs> nah. I like to chill and watch some some movies you know <laughs> I like my own space sometimes all right so now hotel or Airbnb Hotel. I, I like the service. <laughs> and I like the service. It's you mean good. you like to come in, yeah, take no, your sweaty clothes, throw them on the, the floor, and let somebody else pick them nah, up? No, <laughs> they don't. They take them and charge me, I don't know, for how much for <laughs> <or> the laundry. <laughs> All right, so Gatorade or Powerade? Man, I don't know. I, I can't even make the difference between both. Let's say Powerade. Say whoever's paying you. Maybe they right? sponsor me. Powerade. Right, exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, she's a Tunisian legend, the first of many. Come on, baby, you know. write the check, write the check. <laughs> uh, bananas or bars? Uh, bars. Oh, I hate bananas. Yeah, they, I don't digest good the bananas for uh, some reason, yeah. Favorite tournament that's not a slam? Chicago Open. Oh! <laughs> See, that's my girl. That's good. That, that's my, my girl. My answer may change, you know, oh, no. on the interview, <laughs> but... <laughs> We messed up your practice court. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, best player you know, not in the top 100. What do you mean I know? Like, no, best like player best on tour now, not in the top 100. Uh, I really don't, don't like these questions. Because <laughs> I they're cannot hard. choose. See, I told you they were tennis <laughs> questions. I told you. This is stuff only we know. You know me. I get along with everyone. Like, I, like I'm... I mean, right. best player in terms of, like, should be 50, but 125, right? Should be 50, but... Should be 50 in the world, but it's 125 or 130 or 140. Who's the best player outside the top 100? Uh, See, when you get top 25 in the world, you don't even look. I do look. <laughs> I was going to say Raducanu, but look. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, she made her way, you know. From 150 With, she to didn't top need 25 me, you know? in, like, two weeks, right? <laughs> she didn't need me there. Uh, I have to see names. I, I can't. Uh, I can't remember who's in. So let me ask Venus. you. Venus. 
Hey. Yep. Oh. Whoa, that, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. So let me ask you this. So, you know, when Ryder Kanu won the U.S. Open, yes. I was looking at that, and I remember what that moment felt like, mm -hmm. you know, back in 2017 when I was coaching somebody. And uh, I was, like, worried for her because it was so much so fast. Mm -hmm. like, it was from, like, her third WTA tournament. Of course, of course, yeah. Right? Her first title yeah. and first Grand Slam. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. You know, in, the, in, the, in London and, you know, the British community has been waiting for a champion to sort of emerge. So I, I couldn't help but be a little bit worried for her. As a veteran on tour, what advice would you give to a young player who sort of wins a Grand Slam a lot, a lot earlier than expected? I think she will have to give me the advice how to win a Grand Slam. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't need me, man. I'm telling you. But how to handle the success. No, but honestly, I'm very curious to know uh, what is it for Emma right now, you know? What she's, how she's going to play, how she's going to handle uh, like all the fame, uh, you know, the money and everything, uh, all of the sudden, let's say. But um, she seems someone very confident. Uh, she, she, I mean, I don't know, it never happened before. This is unusual. The whole situation is unusual. So, but I'm very happy for her the way she made it. She didn't waste <laughs> zero time. <laughs> and uh, she need to teach me that also, you know. And um, I mean, uh, I think she could handle this very well. Um, she seems like someone down to earth. I, I saw her a couple of times. Um, I think she knows what to do. You can see how she's on the court. But, you know, so many things are changing for her right now. Uh, she's a superstar uh, in the whole world right now. And uh, I'm very curious to see what she's going she's gonna to do. But I think someone uh, being in that level and winning a Grand Slam, they cannot really drop like very fast, you know. Um, and uh, I hope she will do good and, uh, and see her probably in Indian Wells if uh, I think she's going to come. So let's see. Absolutely. She's, she's entering the world of premier mandatories where now you're top 25 and it's, it's amazing. You must show Honestly, up. Honestly, it's amazing. Well, wow. thank you for joining us. Of course. This has been Anz Jabour, the Tunisian legend, loved by all. People look at the draw and be like, please, first round, don't give me Anz because she's going to chop me up and and drop shot lob me to death. It's um, windy here. It's a, yeah, so you know you gotta wash the windscreen, yes. you know, so your drop shots, you know, it might land on your side of the net if you make yes. it too good, right? Thank well, you thank for you joining for us and me. good luck. It was very nice. Thank you so much. Welcome to the tennis.com podcast. I'm your host Kamal Murray and we are here with the legend, the handsiest woman on tour. The craftiest woman on tour, the Nick Kyrgios of the women's tour, Anj Dabur. <laughs> Without oh, the throwing yeah. of the racket. Yeah, yeah, and, and the comments. <laughs> <laughs> you say I'm off court though, just not on court. You know, you like. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so last year was a big year for you. I enjoyed watching you. I think the world was rooting for you at the end of the year to have you make the year in finals. Um, Tell me how that year comes about, because I always say when you look at like people who emerge like that and they have such a great year, it's also built from the year before, right? Or it's also built from like one match that shows that you really had what it takes and it creates a lot of belief. So how did like the amazing year like that happen? I think uh, from all the years that I've been playing on tour and, and all the, the experience that I got from uh, uh, from you know the different different years, different matches. Uh, um, I think 2021 was uh, was amazing for me because uh, 
I was uh, playing a lot of good matches. I was winning, and um, you know, I was enjoying a lot of myself on the court. Uh, I've won my first WTA title, so it's a year to remember for for me for my career. And um, I was hoping to, you know, qualify for the Masters, but uh, someone named Annette Kontavit stole the, <laughs> the, the spot for me. <laughs> that one match in Chicago, the finals in Chicago, if you had won that match, it would have put you way past Trust her. me, I've been saying for all the matches that I love, if I won that match, I would have qualified right. <laughs> for any match. <laughs> and also COVID, because COVID kind of took some, some tournaments off the calendar, especially towards the end of the year. And so, like, maybe one more tournament where you just needed one more match. So tell me what that was like, because I've experienced that, like, watching the points, watching other players' results. And tennis is strange where you kind of need somebody to lose when you think about these points race for you to win. And there's a lot of money on the line at the year-end championship. Tell me, what, like, that process where you're, like, watching the results, like, ooh, I wanted to win, but I don't really want to win. Miss it. Double. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy, especially at the, uh, the end of the season. Uh, nobody was expecting Paula to win the Indian Wells, and and then that happened. You know, uh, Paula <laughs> was uh, in the race again, and from um, you know she was kind of a little bit far, but then she she came back again, and then I think it was between me and a few other players uh, at the end. Um, but honestly, Annette played really well in Moscow, in uh, in Romania, and uh, it, it was it was great tournaments for her. She she totally deserved that spot. Um, also, we don't forget that that Ash didn't play, so it was a kind of extra uh, chance for us to uh, to qualify and and, and to win. And uh, it was a great beat. I think it, I'm not gonna ruin it with the fact that I didn't <laughs> go to the Masters or anything. But uh, it, it happened for a reason, and uh, I'm really glad that I played really well uh, that, that that season. You know. So when you have a, a good year like that, you end up, you know, making it far in a lot of tournaments, you end up playing a lot of matches. Yeah. Do you know how many matches you played last year? 48 or something. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you recover from that? Because it always is very tricky, not only the next year trying to defend, but also like trying to recover because more time on court, knick-knack injuries, fatigue, et cetera. So how, how was your off season? How have you been able to bounce back? Well, the off season was not great, to be honest with you. I was uh, I was still struggling with the elbow injury that I had the the end of uh, last year, and uh, I got COVID, so everything was uh, was coming at the same time. But uh, I'm still trying to manage. Um, I, I got injured beginning of the season, also it didn't help much to uh, to kind of come back and defend the, the the points that I had from last year. But I mean, all good now. I'm, I'm feeling better. I am um, trying to combat as, as uh, stronger than than last year. And I think, um, yeah, I need just uh, need to play more, more matches and and be able to uh, to kind of play better. So this is the time of year where you heat up because your game style. You've been in the fourth round of French Open four times. This is like where you start to make your move. But it's also Ramadan. So I was curious because you gotta play matches. You gotta like time the matches. You can't eat or you're not supposed to eat. So how does an athlete, right, who needs to eat for fuel, right, and to like, you know, maintain her profession, how do you balance competing like a week like this? Yeah. And then, I mean. Well, I don't yeah. know about other athletes. I know, um, um, we know the the legend, Mo Salah uh, does Ramadan and uh, Sadio Mane also, he's, um, they, they all do it, but I mean, I don't know how they can. It, it's tough to, to run for 90 minutes everywhere and not be able to drink or do anything. But uh, personally, I, um, I pray to God and ask for permission to uh, give me a break for Ramadan. And, uh, you know, later, uh, any day, like after Ramadan, uh, 
I can uh, kind of pay back uh, what I uh, what I owe God, you know. <laughs> so uh, that's how I, I deal with it. Uh, I, I know it's tough, but um, I mean, my husband and my course they they do it, and uh, it's a great. I miss I miss really spending Ramadan at home because it's a very special moment for us, and uh, uh, you know, part of being a professional tennis player, it, uh, it takes time away from. Uh, uh, from home, from family, and uh, you know, I cannot wait to come back home and maybe have a few days of Ramadan. Is will be perfect, you know. Uh, I would invite you. Really, it's it's a great time. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a different time. It's a different, let's say, culture, uh, and uh, I really enjoy it. You know. I'm coming. So everybody heard that that I'm coming, and yes, when I when are. I land, you have to do Ramadan though. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm too skinny. I'm too skinny. Like me, not eat all during okay, the day. Excuses. I disappear. <laughs> I already like you know. Y'all already call me like. Other players say, you're like a cancer patient. You're so skinny. You need to eat. You shouldn't shave your hair so close because you look even skinnier. Like, I'm, like, trying to figure it out how I, like, pee, uh, plea, appease everybody so I don't okay. look so skinny. Start wearing turtlenecks because my neck is skinny. Good I'm, like, experimenting. So I don't know if I can not eat for 12 hours. I, I might disappear. It depends on the country, though. But. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about the clay, right? So you have great success. I mean, obviously, you know, you're a legend for winning Junior Wimbledon, right? So you can play on the grass, too. But the clay is like where you heat up. So tell us about this surface and why it's so special to you. Um, I think I love the sliding a lot. I love that the drop shot doesn't doesn't go high. It really stays low and it's good. And you know you can you can always um, uh, kind of disturb the players. Um, they don't know where they're going, and the changing direction in on clay is really really tough. So yeah, making drop shot everywhere, make them run and, and visit all the corners of the court is fun for me and I like it and um, I just love the dirt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Get your hands dirty. So everybody on tour is famous for something, right? So Quang Wang is famous for like wearing full face of makeup when she goes to practice and play. That's definitely not me, okay. That's definitely not you. <laughs> but you're famous for being the best smelling player on tour, even after <laughs> you, the match. You gave you're me that title, man. <laughs> no, I, I made everyone aware of it. I was like, she just got done playing for two hours. Go walk past. Like, oh, damn, she smells so good. I'm like, after two hours, she still smells good. So give me, like, your favorite perfumes right now. There's no favorite perfume because I travel with... Uh, five or six perfumes at the same time. It depends on my mood. It depends with the weather, you know. If it's hot, then I need the fresh perfume. If it's cold, then maybe a stronger one, you know. It's, you know, it, it really, it's something, I know it's crazy about it. And I have a, a perfume, like a normal perfume, a, a body perfume, and a clothes perfume. <laughs> that's all why, at the same that's time. why I smell good. Oh, it's all, <laughs> all they mixed together. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm a crazy lady perfume, let's say. Let's okay. put it that way. So when you won your title last year, which one were you wearing? That's the good luck perfume. I can't remember. I have so many. If, if I don't know, uh, Gucci want to sponsor me, I'm here. Yeah. I, I, let me tell you, this is the best smelling player on tour. Any perfume manufacturer that's listening, sign her up. Maybe I will have my own perfume, you know? Yeah, so maybe post-retirement, you come up with your own little concoction. Little no, now, no. Oh, you know? now? So I can give you and then you can <laughs> help me promote it, you know? Anytime, girl, anytime. <laughs> so let's say that uh, if the masters started to incorporate more mixed doubles, you know, any Wales, Miami, let's say mixed doubles became more of a thing. Who would be your ideal doubles, your dream mixed doubles partner? Well, I mean, there is reality and there is <laughs> fiction here. You can't say Fed, Djokovic, and Nadal. <laughs> okay, because, because everyone is going to say all the... Um, right, right. I'm going to... Uh, 
don't know. Uh, I, I get along with the city pass a lot. So, um, I mean, we, we say hi. We, I know his team. I used to work with uh, his fitness coach before. So, uh, uh, I don't know. He can maybe give me some tips about his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, we'll be an interesting example. I mean, I'm sorry, Maria, but I'm, I'm stealing the Greek. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it will be great to play with uh, Titipas. Uh, I think you want me to play with Nick, yeah? I, f I feel it coming I, for some reason. I, I feel, <laughs> It's going to be trouble. That, that was he needs somebody to, like, tame him and calm him down. And I think you would be, like, just the person to, like, hey, bro, like, don't. You want to chuck your racket? This is how you chuck it without it hitting somebody. Right? Yeah, probably. Uh, uh, Pass, Maria Sakari, she's gonna steal him from you. Yeah, it's okay. She, she will just for one week. <laughs> one week, one you can week. Give him back. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. We wanna wish you luck for the rest of the year. Uh, we always root for you. I was like rooting for you in Chicago. I was like, timeout, injury timeout. Ref, rain, let's stop this. Let's... <laughs> but, you know, everyone's favorite girl. Thank you. Um, rooting for you last year at the end of the year, but thank you for coming to join us. Thank you, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys.